From Washington, this is the CQ Budget Podcast, your leading Capitol Hill source on how Congress allocates federal taxpayer dollars. I'm Jennifer Shutt, Budget and Appropriations Reporter. This is Pete Cohn. I'm Budget and Appropriations Fiscal Policy Editor for CQ Roll Call. And Congress and the Trump administration have come to a standstill right now on negotiations for another coronavirus relief package. That happened on Friday when talks between Speaker Nancy Pelosi, Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer, Treasury Secretary Steven Mnuchin, and White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows really broke down on Capitol Hill over key issues like state and local aid and a federal enhancement for unemployment insurance. After that, President Donald Trump took some executive actions over the weekend, and that is predominantly what we're going to be focusing on today, as well as what some of the next steps might be if Congress and the administration can come together on legislative action. So Pete, what was your takeaway from these executive actions, and what do you think the long-term impact of these is really going to be on the economy and the healthcare sector? Yeah, I, I mean, generally, the the, uh, the reason for doing this was because the, as you said, Jennifer, the uh, Negotiations stalled on Capitol Hill between the Democratic leadership and uh, the president's top negotiators, Treasury Secretary Stephen Mnuchin and uh, White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows. So this is something that they viewed was a way to, to A, kind of kickstart the negotiations and bring people back to the table uh, and also um, cover themselves politically in because of the fact that there's no deal. And this is a president heading into an election with double digit unemployment. Uh, historically, presidents with double-digit uh, unemployment in a recession don't get reelected. So he had to do something, and you know the impact of these actions is going to be fairly limited. There's already some estimates out there that you're only going to see something like 170 billion dollars pumped into the economy through the end of the year based on this action. I think you know economists are, are, are calling for at least a trillion. Uh, Democrats uh, in the House put forward almost three and a half trillion. So this is way, way, way short of what uh, most people uh, who, who follow these issues think is needed to uh, keep the, the, the economy afloat. I mean, not really even recovering, but just keep people in their homes, keep people spending money at the grocery stores. Um, so this is a very, very, very tiny uh, amount of money. And it's not even really clear that it's going to be all that effective, uh, the tiny amount of money that, that, we're, that we are talking about. Because, for instance, on the payroll tax deferral, there's a lot of questions about uh, are employers even going to be able to take advantage of this? Are they going to not withhold the money from employees' paychecks and then have to essentially charge them double uh, starting next year when this deferral ends? That's going to be a big shock to a lot of the lower income. I mean, the the cutoff for this is $104,000 roughly annualized salary per year. So uh, all of those uh, people who don't make six figures that are the target of this could find themselves with, with pretty sky-high tax bills next year. So there's a real question about whether that's actually uh, even going to, to fly. Um, the unemployment benefits are interesting. I mean, I mean this, this actually is something that, that could work, but it's going to take the states some time to get it set up. But what they've essentially done is said, we're giving you the money to provide $300 extra per week for, for your jobless uh, recipient, your unemployment insurance recipients. Um, right now, they're, they're getting zero uh, dollars in, a, in an extra federal supplement. The only thing they're get, the jobless are getting now are the regular state benefits, which average somewhere around $300, $350 a week. 
So this would be an extra $300 on top of that. They could go as high as an extra $400, but then the states would have to come up with the money uh, to do that. And there are a lot of states that are really having uh, significant budget problems right now. So unemployment or action that the president took, it, it could work uh, if the states take them up on it. Um, but again, it's a really modest uh, level of support overall. And there's nothing in here for the state and local budgets that are really hemorrhaging revenue uh, during this pandemic uh, recession. Yeah. And that's one of the points we've heard from some of the governors is they're saying that, you know, state budgets are already having these severe shortfalls due to the revenue drop off from stay at home orders and other issues that we're seeing in the economic sector right now. And so they're saying we don't necessarily have these additional funds to come up with the state match. And it seems like the Trump administration is scrambling a little bit to figure out how or if they can waive that. And then, you know, what exactly the definition of that would be. Yeah, I know, mean, like, as we reported and others did yesterday, the, 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 there is a way out for the states. They don't, they normally with these disaster relief funds, you have to, under, the, under what's known as the Stafford Act, the federal government uh, kicks in 75% of the money and the states requesting the assistance have to come up with another 25%. Uh, in this instance, what the administration is doing is saying, okay, you can use your existing unemployment, state regular unemployment, unemployment insurance benefits and you can count that as your matching funds. But what that means is you're, you're only getting the money from the federal government to cover $300 a week, not the $400 that the president talked about in his weekend press conference. So no, 300 is not the same as 400. It's still something and states are going to be able to get that. But yeah, if they wanted to provide the more generous benefits and keep in mind just a few weeks ago, they were uh, jobless um, beneficiaries were getting $600 a week from the federal government. So now they're getting nothing. This would be, you know, at best making up two thirds of that. But in a lot of cases, these states are probably going to say, given their budget problems, we can't afford that match. And so we're going to just do the 300 uh, if they're able to get these systems up and running. Um, now, yes, the president did say that he'd be willing maybe to waive the 25% match for these funds in, in cases where states really demonstrate uh, financial hardship. But that's going to be completely at the discretion of the administration. If there are particular governors that he, he may not like in, in certain large blue states, um, you know, he may not be willing to to provide that waiver. Or there's also a question, is the federal government going to have the money to uh, waive these matching funds? Because the disaster relief fund uh, at the Federal Emergency Management Agency, where the money is coming from, the executive, the memorandum, it's a it's a memorandum, it's not an executive order, which is different. It's sort of a more binding uh, thing with force of law that, that is printed in the Federal Register. This is a, a presidential action or memorandum. But anyway, it says that they, the disaster relief fund can't go below $25 billion because they know there's going to be an active hurricane season, for instance. So they want to have make sure they have that minimum balance is in there. They've only got about $75 billion left in that uh, disaster relief fund. They're going to use $44 billion to pay out these $300 a week benefits. Uh, and then if there's any money left over, they can, yeah, maybe they have a little money to provide some state waivers for the, for the matching funds. But we just, we don't, again, we don't know how active this storm season is going to be. And it's quite possible that, um, you know, we do have some, some pretty uh, devastating storms. And it's, it's possible that fund gets depleted faster than anybody thinks. So that's unclear. 
And so that funding limitation on pulling this money from FEMA's disaster relief fund, that's going to really set a clock on these enhanced unemployment insurance benefits, right? They're not just going to be able to last as long as states may want them to into the fall. And so this is an issue that Congress and the Trump administration are probably going to have to come back to in maybe mid-September. Yeah, if that, right. I mean, estimates are now that the uh, the $44 billion FEMA contribution and whatever the states are able to kick in, it's only going to last something like four to six weeks. So, uh, you know, assuming they get states are able to get this up and running, say, next week, you're looking at pretty soon after the, the turn of Labor Day um, when members of Congress are, are just slowly starting to trickle back into town um, that they're going to need to, you know, those benefits are going to run out again. And, you know, I think that's the other thing is that right now, the administration doesn't feel the immediate pressure because they, they see this executive, uh, these executive actions as kind of taking them through Labor Day. And they're looking at the stock market. I mean, that was the first thing President Trump said last night at his press conference, right, right before he got uh, hustled out of the room because there were shots fired uh, outside of um, the White House. But the president was talking about the stock market last night. And again, for the Dow Jones Industrial Average is up 340 points today. Again, you know, this is a White House that sort of measures the eco- economic recovery based on uh, whether the Dow is is green or red. And, um, you know, they keep seeing this green every day and that takes the pressure off of them to come to an agreement. Um, now, it doesn't, you know, there's small businesses are still hurting. Now, small business confidence is down. Um, you know, these these are big companies that are publicly traded that are, certainly benefiting more than businesses than, than smaller firms that are not, uh, you know, that you can't buy stock in. So, um, you know, there's things like the Paycheck Protection Program, the Forgivable Loan Program at the Small Business Administration that have not been dealt with uh, as part of this order. And, you know, again, state and local budgets, while there are certain states that uh, or state governors that the president may have a, a beef with, uh, they are going to be having to lay off teachers, for instance, when we get into the fall as schools are trying to reopen, but state and local budgets are just completely um, crushed by this recession. So um, they might be able to get into, into September, but right around, right. I mean, you're exactly right. By around mid-September, the pressure is going to be enormous to get, to get the negotiations back on track. Uh, if they haven't gotten back on track before then, it's still possible we could see something before Labor Day. But, uh, you know, the way things are going right now, and again, the stock market's up, it, it certainly seems like as far as the White House is concerned, the pressure has been taken off. But we've got that government funding deadline at the end of September, where they have to pass a CR, continuing resolution. And uh, <laughs> that's going to be, um, that, that's certainly shaping up to be an interesting uh, little battle at this point. Exactly. And one of the other things that President Trump mentioned during that Monday evening press conference is that he's actually thinking about trying to do additional executive actions on more tax cuts or tax holidays, right? The White House for a while has been kind of floating this idea, led by Larry Kudlow, the, the director of the National Economic Council, who's just a, historically a very, very um, pro-free market, pro-tax cuts, supply side guy. And he's been pushing this idea of doing capital gains tax cuts administratively for, for a long time. And some things they've talked about are, are uh, uh, exempting inflation from the calculation of, of your, your cost basis. So when you sell a stock that you've owned for 10 years, all of the, the inflational, inflationary gain over that time would be 
removed from the equation. So you're not taxed on that when you sell it. He's also floated the idea of, well, okay, all new purchases, uh, whether it's real estate or, or, or stocks or what have you, between you know a certain date and a certain end date are exempt from the tax. We have no idea how, how legal these things are. The inflation adjustment thing has been discussed quite a bit in terms of its legalities. And there's, there's you know, schools of thought both ways, whether the administration can do that, um, whether you can just simply exempt uh, all new purchases from potential capital gains tax when you sell, when you sell those items. That's really highly unclear whether they had the authority to do that. Um, the president talked also talked about a mysterious middle income tax cut. Again, no idea how they'd be able to do that on their own without Congress. And it seems extremely unlikely that Congress would go along with it. Um, but, uh, you know, th- that's also simply saying that there's going to be a capital gains tax last night is also probably contributed a little bit to the, the green in the Dow Jones Industrial Average this morning. So even that is, is a victory uh, in, in a sense for the White House. But it's really unclear what we're going to see in terms of those tax cuts. But as we saw over the weekend, the president is definitely willing to stretch the boundaries of what may or may not be uh, legal in terms of these executive actions. And then the question is, who's going to sue to block it? Um, you know, that was talked about quite a bit over the weekend. Is these, are, these are all illegal actions. But the question is, who's going to sue? Because if you sue, that means somebody's not getting their three hundred dollar uh, weekly unemployment check. So you know that's the real question here: is the president may be stretching the boundaries of his authority, but in a, in a you know economic crisis like this, who's going to step in and intervene uh, to to try to kill that in the courts? Uh, I think that does it for us this week. Uh, thanks so much for joining me, Pete. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's edition of the CQ Budget Podcast. We are going to be taking a short break, but we will be back soon, and we hope you all enjoy what's left of your summer. The CQ Budget Podcast is produced by CQ Roll Call, a leader in nonpartisan political and policy news and analysis for more than 70 years. CQ Roll Call is part of Fiscal Note, a global technology and media company.